Welcome to We Are Human. I'm your host, Elijah. And in this podcast, I sit down with different individuals to discuss a range of topics, from their upbringing and creative pursuits to their journey on self-improvement. I believe that there is power in community and learning about people. So I hope these stories are an encouragement to you. Today I am here celebrating another teacher. Her name is Francesca Lagaris. Yes, that is Lagaris. Right. <laughs> it's gonna take some time to get used to that because yeah. I've always known you as Lagaris. Yeah, I switched it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a random question. Yeah. Did you ever give any teachers a hard time in high school? No. Really? No. I was, if y'all remember me, it was I on camera. <laughs> yes. No, I didn't. <laughs> I I was that that really good student. I would say I was a good student. Um I I think I was just raised to always just respect people, respect your teachers. Um and I think my mother did an awesome job with teaching me empathy. Yeah. And so I am always thinking about others and how will this make them feel? Um, well, when it comes to my teachers too. Of course. Um, and so in high school, I think I was a pretty good student. I think I was too. I never did anything. I don't remember doing anything. I remember skipping classes a bunch of times. I never skipped. Really? I was not a skipper. So many people from from high school have been hitting me up about the podcast. It's like it's so fun, like just to catch up with everybody. I love it. Yeah. I forget that we had a class together though too. I it had a class. Just, it was just Spanish two, I think. Spanish two. Yeah, Spanish two. Or maybe going into my senior year, I was we were hanging out more. We just drive around like Moss Park and just literally drive, <laughs> literally drive, listening to like Jennifer Lopez old throwbacks we would stop at stop off at the golf course in north like was yeah it not no, north, north, shore, north, north shore with nina and look at star i don't know we and then stuff would spill on the floor of your car and then you blame it on me i will honestly say that high school was fun my friendship with you was kind of like formed for a moment mm -hmm. and then when we like went to college and graduated yeah. we like drifted apart for sure you know i would love to know your journey throughout college and like where have you been you know you're a teacher now yeah like talk to me about that journey i moved over to tampa um in 2015 i actually did not have much experience of like looking into colleges and i didn't really know how that process went my father is from cuba and didn't graduate um high school or anything like that he just kind of came over to america and then my mother has her associate's degree but so I don't really come from like a family that is like built on education. So uh, Nina at the time was like, hey, I'm taking a, a college tour at USF. Do you want to come? And I was like, mm. I didn't even think about USF. I didn't even know what it was, where it was. I didn't know anything about it. And I said, OK, fine, I'll go. And so I went with her and I was like, this is it. Like, I feel it. So I applied the week the applications were pretty much due, oh like the gosh. deadline. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about like nerve wracking. I got deferred until spring of 2015. I graduated in 2014. And that was definitely a difficult time for me because I saw everybody kind of move into that next stage of life. Yeah. Life. But I felt kind of stagnant. I was like, I'm watching everybody. But what is 
what's happening for me? Like, where does my life go from here? Because I am gonna be home for another few months. When I got to USF, I was like, okay, I wanna be involved in something. You know, I wanna be involved in something that's bigger than me, that has a, a platform. One thing about me, I don't miss class and I don't leave if I really don't have to. And so for whatever reason this day, I really had to use the restroom. So I went to the restroom and when I shut the, the stall door, it was like, oh, applications to be a tour guide is like the, it's, it's approaching or the deadline is approaching. And I was like, this is a sign. So I applied um, and I, they, accepted me into the organization and it was super dope because I would walk around campus sometimes and people would come up to me like oh you're my tour guide I'm like go Bulls I'm glad you're here <laughs> you know I loved it I loved being a tour guide so you, you were like already making an impact on like students technically before you were even yeah actually a teacher and speaking and just sharing my experience and I don't know I think that's just what I I like to be involved with our youth I knew that I wanted to go into education, but there's those voices that tell you the pay, the pay, the pay. And you know, that does start to get into your head a little bit. So I waited it out until USF told me you can no longer sign up for classes until you declare something. So I just started taking career inventories or tests and first choice for everything was education. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I just need to go for it. Like I know this is what I feel in my heart I need to do. So I'm just going to go for it. Uh, and it was definitely just forming those bonds with my kids that got me through it because I knew like every day I woke up and every day I went, I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm here for and this is what I have to hold on to. Like, I was so tired because I was working part-time. I was doing the work of a, you know, a teacher I was doing, I was there every day. Um, and then I also were taking like 16, 17 credits. So I was taking a bunch of classes and working and getting up every morning and having to study so it was definitely hard to balance everything but I knew what my end goal was and I was reminded of that every day when I went to the schools that I was um, interning for and then I got placed in a high school setting and I was like this is it like I was excited I was driven I got up every day and I was like this is it like this is what I meant to do I feel it uh -huh. you know so that's kind of it was just being reminded of like watching my children, you know, gain so much knowledge and building those relationships with them and fostering those relationships is really what kept me going throughout college for sure. My background is exceptional student education. So I work with students with different abilities. Uh, and I started off with teaching English. I loved what I did because it allowed me to really connect with a large, population like of our students um just because i was i was a floater so i was a teacher who i did not have my own classroom the first year i would go in um to other teachers classrooms if they were off during that period and my class would go in there too as well and so i never had my own classroom oh, i would just okay. float and teach from other teachers classrooms which was extremely hard because i couldn't put up posters that i really wanted i had to carry my materials in a backpack mind you i'm a very young teacher and a lot and i had a backpack to carry my kids like work and stuff that they turned in so a lot of students also thought that i was a student as well and um but i i started off teaching english and i i think one of the things that i that is a downfall in our um education system is those standardized testing 
and that really deterred me from wanting to continue to teach English because it was all about test scores, test scores, test scores. And um, my students, I was teaching 10th grade. My 10th graders were like, I would say at a sixth, seventh grade level. And so they're expected to take the same exact standardized testing as those 10th grade honors kids. But then they're going to come to me at the end of the year and say, well, your test, how come your test scores look like this? Well, why don't we measure the gains of my students rather than why are they not performing at the same level of their peers? I would always be longing to work with our more, um, our kids who needed more support than that. So our kids who were kind of, um, self-contained, um, and so I, it was at the end of the year of my first year teaching where they told me there was a position opened for students with um, different intellectual abilities and they would be more so in their own classroom, kind of, you know, on a different side of campus. And that's when I was like, my heart is there because that's when I was given the opportunity to teach life skills. <laughs> and. I feel as though our kids need to be prepared for the real world and especially my students who were working towards independency. Um, I was like, that's it, like that's it for me. So now I teach life skills. A lot of what I do is teaching my kids on how to be independent um, because I think there's a lot of assumptions that students or people with different abilities can't. And that's the word, they can't do this. They won't do this. And it's like, they can do it and they will do it with mm -hmm. support. Yeah. And so, and how do we eventually get them to do it without support? How do we release that support and be able to say, here, I know you can do it. Go ahead and, and show me that you can do it and then do it on your own. But what I do now is teaching them those life skills, how to communicate, how to advocate for yourself, how to identify your emotions, how to have healthy relationships with other people, how, what household, you know, things do we need to do to be able to live a healthy lifestyle or live in a safe environment. This is all stuff that we learn, everybody learns, you know? And so it's not stuff that is specifically tailored to my kids. It's stuff that we all are doing, that we all learn mm -hmm. and they just need more support with it. Do you have to throw in like confidence in there as well? Yes. Because that's one of the biggest uh, things of like when you mentioned, how do we get them to do it without the support? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times anybody, like we can talk about people in general, like we just right. need that reassurance because we don't feel like 100% safe or confident with like, am I doing this right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, is this the right way to do it or anything like that? So you have someone there that's kind of like, yeah, you're doing it or like, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I do that a lot with my friends. Like I have to talk about my ideas with the people around me, like, or my support system, like my best friends, mm -hmm. um, because that gives me like a little like reassurance. So like, that's something I would say I have to work on a little bit more, but yeah. like I have the confidence, but like, you know, having to teach that to, to students, I mean, I, I assume must be extremely difficult because you have someone that doesn't feel like very secure in themselves. And like, it's kind of hard to teach that it's kind of like the phrase of like you can't teach someone how to like work hard mm -hmm. they just have to want to do that for themselves and to apply it so like how do you navigate through that uh, i always tell my students i don't care if you get every question wrong i don't care if you mess up i don't care if we have to work on it all class period next week 
next month for you know weeks straight months straight i was like it's about your effort we'll we'll fix it we'll we'll see your mistakes and we'll correct it and then we'll fix it and i think that's where that confidence comes in with them being okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. and building that like okay i make a mistake but i know that i'm going to be able to correct it i know that there's going to be somebody there to help me work through it and that's how you boost their confidence and then that's how they feel comfortable with telling you those ideas because you go to your friends because you have that relationship with them you know that their reassurance holds weight because Mm -hmm. you trust what they say yeah so it's about building those connections with your kids so they can trust what you say so they can feel comfortable to share those ideas and share their mistakes with you because they know you have their best interest at hand and it's so important that our kids at such a young age find their voice yeah find what they're going to stand for what they're not going to stand for what they're going to accept what they're not going to accept Mm -hmm. and reassuring them that their emotions and their feelings are completely valid but also teaching them how to advocate and how to say things in an appropriate manner what have been like the biggest sacrifices that you've had to make in order to get to where you are right now one of my biggest sacrifices is just personal time with myself, uh, with people that I love. Uh, Cause I recently saw something that um, was like, education is pretty much built on the unpaid time of teachers. And it is so completely true. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's times throughout my life where I feel very robotic. It's, I go to school, I stay after school, I work, I work, I work, I come home, I eat, I try to fit in time for the gym, I go to sleep. I sacrifice time for my kids but am I gonna sacrifice my kids and what they're able to learn for myself? And so you get caught in between that, like if I don't put in all my effort, my kids lose out. Mm -hmm. If I don't put in all my effort, that kid tomorrow is not gonna have what he needs to be able to succeed because I didn't plan enough for him or for her or for they or them. And so you get caught in that of, what is the lesser of two evils kind of almost right and then i think the the tricky thing in not putting yourself first and like making the time for yourself so that you mm-hmm. can give your 100 percent to others which is something that mrs chase also also mentioned mm-hmm. and it's it's tough because like if you're not allowing yourself to have your moment of like peace and tranquility whatever whatever it looks like whether i think we've talked before and for me it's jogging like that's how i blow off steam mm-hmm. meditation um, other people do yoga like if you're not fitting that in then you're not giving like a hundred percent to the students or to anybody in your life right. as well and so kind of figuring out how to incorporate the time for yourself so that you can still give time and and all the love and effort to your students because we can be driven on um in, in the case for teachers like they can be driven by the students mm-hmm. like that's always going to be what yeah. gets them out of bed no matter what even if they're like putting themselves last, but to what extent or what degree, like, is it that you're giving like the full 100% too? Because now you're like exhausting yourself and you're kind of like not able to function to mm-hmm. an extent at some point. I will say that, uh, and we, my coworkers and I use this quote a lot and we give it to each other when when we see each other, like we want to do something and then we're like, oh no, but we have to do this instead. And we always say, you can't pour from an empty cup, stop. Mm -hmm. You know, like do what you need to do 
they will be okay. Yeah. They will survive. We will, we're flexible. Teachers are like the most flexible people I know. We'll make it work no matter what. Yeah. And so throughout the week, I'm constantly talking to people, right? And so I, I tell people this on my Fridays are my days for myself. Don't text me. Don't call me. Don't hit me up. Don't, don't sign on my DMs. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't do none of that because I, do, I, I need that time for me. Like I need to recharge I've been exhausting myself all week, giving everything I have yeah. to the lives of others and devoting myself to the lives of others 24-7 throughout the week, right? My And and I'll, you'll hear this too. A lot of teachers say, your mind never shuts off when it comes to your kids. This can relate to like mothers. It's never about or parents, right? It's never about you anymore when you have kids. And so I tell people that all the time. I'm like, it's not just me. I don't think for myself anymore. I think for myself and my children. But definitely I recharge, going back to the original question, I recharge on the weekends. Yeah. That is my my time to be my, by myself. I do spend time with friends, but I mostly enjoy just being my, myself and that quality time with myself so I can fill my cup again. Yeah. So that way it can be, you know, poured of love onto my children throughout the week. With the music stuff, like I give all the stuff to the guys. Mm -hmm. And so that way they don't have to worry about it in the, in the future or have to start from scratch. So like, that's my way of kind of like trying to like pour into friends around me, like just resources, resources, resources. Mm -hmm. And that like I have to work on because then I exhaust myself trying to do like all so these much. favors for people because I'm a people pleaser and it's just right. like, didn't we talk about this? <laughs> people pleasing. <laughs> right. People pleasing is it's toxic. <laughs> uh, it can be when you exhaust your whole self and then you feel like you have no energy for yourself or, no, or even resources for yourself. And would, would you connect that to, to like teaching in any way? sometimes the parents don't really see what it's like to be on the other side and yes i want to make sure i'm you know reaching your child and be able to provide the needs of your child but i also need to be able to provide the needs for all my other children as well and so you want to please the parent but sometimes you have to kind of be stern and be confident and know what you're doing is is with the best intentions and they have to learn to just trust you with that as teachers it is our job to try to understand and open up our eyes to the reality of what many people, um, especially our minorities, um, our black and brown children are going through. Um, and they carry a lot of, you know, for, for my students, I'm gonna say this, for my students, I come from a school where um, they are of higher needs. And so I think that you know, it's my responsibility as a teacher to really try to understand what these kids are going through that and 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 what they're going through that I may not be seeing. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we do is purely out of love and purely out of the best intentions. And so whether our students see that or not, um, it's our job to just give them that that love and that support that they need. Something I want to mention and something that I, I really love about my job is that my students never fail to amaze me with how much they're capable of. 
And I, I wanted to clarify because I think a lot of times when you think of people with different abilities, um, we think of the words can't. Uh, we think of the word disability, which if you've noticed, I have yet to say that because society places so much weight on these labels, right? Of, oh, you have a disability. And then what are the what are those thoughts that come to your head when you hear disability, right? And I refuse to say that because my a label that or something that my students may be labeled as is not define them in any way shape or form it's not who they are you know and i think a lot of times when we hear of people with different abilities we again we think of those words can't we think of disabled we think of fragile that's not even it like those that's nowhere near the reality of of the abilities of what these kids you know can do and and i have a shirt that says you know see the ability not the disability and it, that is completely true a lot of the questions that i get from those kids who come into my classroom and work with my students are how do i talk to them how do i interact with them what do i say what do i do will they hurt me and that's what hurts me is when you assume that my kids are violent my kids are human. My kids are not these violent monsters that you may think that they might be. My kids are human at the end of the day, point period blank, they're human. And so they're not fragile. You interact with everybody the way that you're supposed to. Like you just interact with people casually. You talk to people, you have casual conversation. Do that with my students, they're no different than you. Yeah. You know, we just should treat each other with respect and with love and with care. And yeah, that's that. Compassion rules Compassion, all. For sure. Yes. I don't have any more water. I picked up the mug. <laughs> no, but you're right. I love that. I get a lot of the time. I could never do what you do. Wow, it takes people with a special heart. If people just learn patience, compassion, empathy you can do what i do yeah like don't be an ass <laughs> hello you know, like, ding 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 <laughs> you, that is it you, i like, think we could live in a very har harmonious if that's the correct yeah. way of saying it harmonious world mm -hmm. if we just treated each other with kindness yeah. with respect encourage compassion empathy all this yeah, i'm like what special heart i'm like because i care for others shouldn't you be doing that like yeah, people have the the perceived notion or something of like why bother caring for everybody in the world because not everybody's going to care, care for, for you me. Oh, yeah. which is i don't know if that's naive or not but like it's just kind of like a, a closed-minded like a practical way of looking at the world because it, you can't dismiss it either like it sucks what do you it's very... get like what do you get from being mean to others okay not everybody's gonna care about you but why I, and, and sometimes take yourself because of that and like, sometimes i don't even think that they're intentionally being mean i think they just have an extra guard up or like an extra barrier yeah. that they don't allow people in and so that makes them standoffish and that makes them very like cold i think life experiences right that all it all plays it out. all comes into play and you know i work with you know students who have higher needs there i have students who are homeless i have students who their only meal is you know at school and that's the reality of it and i'm reading a book now and it's teaching with poverty in mind and it explains how 
those traumatic life experiences that our kids are going through at a really young age alters, literally alters their brains. So they may not have the skills or the different type of things needed that their typical age peer might have at their time because their brain is altered based on those traumatic experiences. But I think the important thing is like, you're making the impact now. Mm-hmm. And like, we're thinking big picture, you know, like mm-hmm. that's how we think. And you're making an impact on a bunch of students that in the long run have the opportunity now through you, through yeah. your compassion, through your integrity to be able to take that opportunity and then apply it and apply themselves in mm-hmm. the future. And there's one of you, but I know for a fact that there are hundreds, yeah. thousands and hundreds of thousands of people with that same mindset. Right. And that's the most like important thing. Like, and the fact that you and ad- like willing to admit that, like, you know what? And I don't want to be in this certain place because this is where I'm feeling called and compelled to be at right now. Right. And I think that's, that's powerful. Right. Thank you so much for tuning in. And for a more immersive experience, be sure to follow us on Instagram at wearehuman.tv. We'll catch you next time. And remember, we're always learning.